Mary had a little man, man, man. The fall. We believe that all men are created equal. to the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream. Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey. It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Rhodes Show. Turn up your mind. It's $5 Friday, you bastards. It looks like D.C. has managed to avoid another government shutdown, at least for now. Buying some more time. Yet another round of can-kicking, essentially. Pushing the deadline to the first week of March now. The huh. House, you're looking here, just passed a bill that overwhelmingly passed the Senate earlier today. Now the whole thing heads over to the president's desk. And he signs it. And we are fully funded for five minutes. <laughs> it's just... It's unbelievable. And, and the Republicans, did you see how many of them voted against funding your own, our own government? It's like 100, uh, over 100. This is so sad. And Chip Roy, he had to go to the floor, take a break from uh, endorsing uh, Ron DeSantis and go to the floor and do his due diligence and cast a vote not to fund his own government, right? It does not matter who's sitting in the speaker's seat or who's got the majority. We keep doing the same stupid stuff. Funding our own government. That's just plain dumb, everybody. That's just moronic. Why would we do such a thing? <laughs> anyway, we're funded till March 1st and March 9th for some agencies. I, I just, uh, they, they can't govern. When, when are people who vote for them going to understand that if you're looking to that party to be leaders, in any way, shape, or form, on any issue whatsoever, except taking rights away, not paying bills, being deadbeats, defaulting the United States, taking away health insurance in a threat at least. You know, they never are successful in repealing Obamacare. They certainly don't have a replacement. But, you know, listen, th th these are the people that want to take everything away. This is all they know how to do. They don't know how to meet their responsibilities or see through their obligations to you, to you. Why? Because they don't care about you. They just want the issue. That's it. And the thing that's most upsetting to them is that there was nothing about, you know, uh, immigration tied to the funding of the government. Um, and that's sad. Yeah, it is, because there is a big, giant immigration bipartisan agreement that is uh, being hashed out in the United States Senate by Lankford of Oklahoma, and uh, Mayorkas is part of this, uh, the DHX secretary, who they're trying to impeach in the House for God knows what. I mean, like, if anybody, Kirsten Nielsen, the one that separated children, she, she committed crimes and misdemeanors against human beings, but... No, not her. Mayorkas. It's just uh, so everybody said, hey, let's do comprehensive immigration reform like right freaking now. Let, let's do it. Why? Well, we as Republicans have leverage. What? You're the minority in the Senate. Yeah, I know, but it's an election year and the border is very telegenic. And everybody can remember, you know, people in the Senate can remember that Donald Trump used the border, used it for his own advantage, and he's going to do it again 
uh, because this kind of fear and it's an emergency and we're being invaded and there's caravans and it's national security and there's terrorists in that group and oh my God, and they're just coming in by the millions. You know, uh, again, words matter. When the Republicans talk about encounters at the border, that does not mean people came in. It means people tried to come in and they were turned away. Or people tried to come in and they didn't come in. Encounters are not the same as entering the United States on an asylum claim or uh, based on, you know, a legal, a legal uh, ability to come in through, you know, legal ports of entry, which is how the fentanyl comes in, legal ports of entry. Anyway. So the Republicans said, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. We should do our immigration reform bill in the Senate. They said this, right? Uh, And the Democrats were like, okay, you got us. It is an election year and it's bad at the border. And people got used to COVID where no one was moving about the planet. And they thought that, you know, Donald Trump had done something unique, but he hadn't was COVID and now they're bla- so yeah we need to uh, address it and and if this is a good time for you it's a good time for us we're down we're we're good we'll we'll do it uh but you know and this this particular uh immigration package that the senate is hashing out in a bipartisan fashion um it doesn't include a pathway to citizenship for the dreamers <laughs> which the republicans find just a bridge too far to acknowledge that good people were brought into our country as children through no fault of their own. And that while they've been here their entire lifetime, they have done nothing but educate themselves, done nothing to break our laws. And again, I keep telling you, not even a jaywalking ticket because they would not be dreamers anymore, right? That is part of the the, the qualification of being considered uh, protected under DACA. Can't have broken any law, not a misdemeanor. It's definitely not a felony. Definitely. Wapna. Charlie Babbitt. Okay, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> so they hashed out this, uh, you know, agreement. They're doing it in the Senate, and and of course they won't. Let, it's dead on arrival in the House. They don't want. And why? Why? Because Donald Trump, the black hand, the puppet master has been on the phone with everybody in the Freedom Crackers loudest of the group caucus telling them to be an impediment to progress on anything to do with immigration because he wants the issue. He wants to run on it. Again, it was such a good performer for him that he'd like to drag it out and beat it over, you know, everybody's head one last time. Well, here's the thing that you're going to have to hold in your head. If it's such a national security issue... Could be, could be not. But if it is, why are Republicans unwilling to protect our national security? See what I'm saying? I know you do. But it's so bizarre because, you know, Jimmy Raskin uh, yesterday, you know, they're they're trying very hard to, you know, uh, they had to suspend the rules, obviously. No, no uh, bill, no uh, legislation is going to get through this House of Representatives without Democrats uh, giving them a live assist, right? Because they only have a two-seat majority, which is what uh, Mike Johnson, the new speaker who we hardly know, <laughs> was uh, trying to get off the hook when the uh, funding passed. He's going, well, you know, Laura Ingram, we only have a two-seat majority. I don't know what you want from me. I, I really don't know what you want. <laughs> but 
Anyway. Rather than joining Democrats and Biden in good faith, bipartisan negotiations to make progress on immigration, they are taking orders from Donald Trump and actively obstructing a bipartisan border deal. Just as Trump is openly hoping for an economic downturn in our robust, low unemployment economy, they're hoping for chaos at the border and trying to stop us from preventing it. Right. Now, if, if chaos at the border is a bad thing, if it's not good, if it's a danger, if it's an emergency, if it's a, a national security threat, why are the Republicans hanging on to it as an issue and not solving it? Why are they not fixing a national security hole? Why, why are they... Why? Yeah. I'll show you why. The president actually uh, just got off the phone with me right before the show, and he said he has spoken to you about this deal and that he is against it, and he urged you to be against this deal. Huh. He was extremely, President Trump was extremely adamant about that. Um, your reaction to that, given the fact that, look, he already, he knows how to do this enforcement stuff. You don't need some new bill coming out of the, uh, the Senate to what? get the border enforced. Oh, you don't? Yeah, President Trump is not wrong. He and I have been talking about this um, uh, pretty frequently. I talked to him uh, night before last about the same subject. We don't have the text of whatever the Senate has cooked up yet. And, and so we have to reserve judgment, I think, to see what comes out of it. It doesn't sound good uh, at the outset. But what I told the, the President Biden at the White House today is the same thing that I've been saying to him since I was handed the gavel to become speaker. And that is our border, our national border, is national security. And we have to talk about the safety and the 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 security and the sovereignty of America. Then fix it. All things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. If you listen to my colleagues, you would think the world didn't begin until President Biden was elected. You would think it was dinosaurs, the wheel, Jesus, the world was flat, the world was round, Biden was elected, every problem. Huh. Like nothing happened before. In fact, President Obama deported more people in each term than President Trump. Well, hold on a second. If the border wasn't a problem until President Biden was elected, then how were we deporting all of these people in administrations before Trump was elected? It's because this situation has been going on for decades. So stop lying to the American people that none of this happened until President Biden was elected. Just listen to the speaker who was caught on a call the other day saying that we can't solve the border crisis until after the election. Right. By the way, here's Congressman Troy Niels giving it all away, giving it all away. Let's read this. Let me tell you, when he's talking about immigration, let me tell you, I'm not willing to do a darn thing right now to help a Democrat, to help Joe Biden's approval rating. I will not help the Democrats try to improve this man's dismal approved ratings. I'm not going to do it. He's saying he's not going to do anything on the border. And he's from Texas, huh. which needs help. I'm willing to do stuff on the border. I'm willing to do it. But they're not willing to do it because they're doing what people hate about this place. They want to use it to raise money. They want to use it to politicize it. But they don't want to solve the issue. There's a deal on the table. They can solve expired. the issue. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I appreciate it. 
I mean, honestly, of course, there's no question in my mind. They have a perfect storm right now. They have a perfect opportunity. They have a Democratic president who will sign a comprehensive immigration reform package. They have 60 votes in the United States Senate, which is really hard to come by. Really hard. You know, let me put it to you this way. If you had, okay, they're saying, oh, let's wait for Trump. We'll get a better deal. Ain't no way. How do I know this? Because you know it too. Let me tell you how you know it. Let me show you that you know it. If you had a Republican president, which you did, and a Republican House, which you did, and a Republican Senate, which you did, you still couldn't get to 60 votes without Democrats. And that's why you didn't get immigration reform prior And right now, you could. It is a a once-in-a-30-year opportunity to do comprehensive immigration reform. The Republicans know this, but they know that if they solve the problem now, not only will Joe Biden get credit for it, and he'll have a big signing ceremony and everything else, uh, but they won't have the issue anymore, and they know what that's like because they caught the car on abortion, and they're not going to give up immigration because racism is a better performer than taking away a woman's right to choose. It's just the, the, the I, would, I, I was going to say a penultimate, but it's not the penultimate, which means almost the ultimate. It is the ultimate issue. It is the top, the tippy top of re-election issues because it's got everything. It's got racism, national security. It's telegenic. You can actually put cameras on it. You got, you know, obnoxious governors where the point of everything that Abbott is doing is the cruelty. It's certainly not for solve. He's not playing for solve. He's not playing for, for fix. He's playing for popularity. He's playing for cruelty. He's playing for the lowest common denominator. This is a man who lied about 19 dead children in Uvalde uh, two years ago, and now we know for sure that Department of Justice uh, 500-page-plus report was just, it was earth-shaking, sh- it was shattering, that we now have to like put in our heads that we live in a country when Republicans are in charge of things where 377 law enforcement officials could actually show up at a school shooting in progress and wait outside the classroom doors of an elementary school classroom, two classrooms, where active shooting is heard, where a a, a little uh, girl is on the phone with uh, 911 saying that I'm in here and he's in here and my teacher is dead and still stay there and not enter the classroom. And we live in a world where, even though we knew this two years ago, now we know it from the Department of Justice's unbelievable deep dive into everything that happened that day and we learned even more horrific details. But even so, we have a district attorney who isn't bringing any charges against anybody. And the only person that was set aside as not being, uh, you know, able to do their jobs anymore is, sh- is the chief, Arredondo. You have one guy from DPS, from, from the Department of Public Safety in Texas. He's just, uh, you know, he's being paid. He's just sitting on his couch getting $100,000 a year. And the district attorney, oh, forget it. These Republicans, they have no respect for, for, for anything, not even dead children. And yesterday, you know, I, I, when I sent out the, uh, the podcast yesterday, you know, it, it was called the, the, the Price of Freedom is Not Dead Children. Not. 
but they don't care. They don't care. They 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 gotta you know they can't peeve any gun owner. They can't uh, you know uh, uh, give up the issue of, of 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 immigration, even though they're the ones who are saying national security is on the line. The the sovereignty of America is on the line. Why can Ukraine protect its borders, but United States can't? Well, here we are at a perfect opportunity, a perfect storm. Okay, where you have a president who is a Democrat but will sign your legislation. He will do comprehensive immigration reform. And I tell you, Mike Johnson is like, uh, well, maybe now's not the time to do comprehensive immigration reform. What? You know, this is why I like bobbleheads. Their heads don't, uh, you know, like come off of their uh, off of their stems. I'm getting whiplash. I can't take it. The lying is so, it's, it's like zero to, 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 to lie in 1.2 seconds. Oh! Crisis, invasion, national security, humanitarian catastrophe, everybody. Hey, let's do nothing. That's the Republican position. Let's do nothing. I thought it was a crisis. Oh, it's so bogus. It's so crazy. It's so sick. It's so sad. And it's 30 years of this. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I, I've, I've been doing this immigration thing for like 30 years Got here. It. Yeah, we all have. I, you know, 30 years. And this is the moment. This is the time. This is the exact, you know, uh, uh, it's, the, it's the, 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 the hand. You know what I mean? When you deal the cards, it's the hand you needed. A president who was willing to sign comprehensive immigration reform. A bipartisan bill in the Senate reaching an agreement on immigration reform. And the House? Nah. Not interested. Don't want to do it. Why? Because it's in exchange for? For? No, not dreamers. No, no, no. They're not even in here. For Ukraine money. And Putin said no. And that's what Donald Trump is advising, the Freedom Crackers. And they made the Freedom Crackers so powerful in their little minority status there in the House by letting one person do a motion to vacate. Call in, connect. To speak to Randy, call 561-270-3844. All right, everybody, I mentioned at the top of the hour uh, that it was $5 Friday, and it is. It's $5 Friday, so what does that mean? Hey, listen, if you uh, enjoy watching Free Speech TV, any of the shows, all of the shows, a couple of the shows, my show, (laughs) okay, then what we ask on $5 Friday is that you begin to make a $5 a month recurring donation to support the channel Free Speech TV. Uh, if you already have a recurring donation, if you increase it by $5 on $5 Friday, you also will get a mystery box. You will get a, a gift from Free Speech TV to thank you for upping your recurring donation by $5. Whatever it is now, $5, make it 10 If it's 10 make it 15 and on and on it goes. But if you're brand new, you will get a Free Speech TV mystery box uh, which is, you know, usually loaded with some really good stuff. Um, I, I think probably the last one I got had the uh, Free Speech TV totes and a Free Speech TV sweatshirt, which was 
I mean, I wear it every once in a while when it's cold here. <laughs> it's never cold here. Um, well, it might be cold tonight. They said 57. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's usually what's in them, and it's it's a great little thing to get in the mail. So if you would like to do a $5 recurring or you'd like to increase your recurring by $5, please call 877-378-8669. That will get you uh, one of the uh, amazing people who work in Denver, Colorado, to keep Free Speech TV operational each and every day. For instance, they make sure that my show, which is being broadcast out of balmy Florida, makes it to your television set <clears throat> on Sling, on Apple TV, on Roku, on Dish Network, on DirecTV, however you imbibe, however you get the show. Also, it makes sure that you get Stephanie Miller's show and she's broadcasting from Los Angeles. See what I mean? So they make sure that everything happens. Everything happens and it gets to you. And that is what these pledge drives are for, to pay them, to pay them. So... Uh, if you want to, you can uh, use that little QR code there. It'll take you to freespeech.org. Uh, it's an org because we're a not-for-profit. And so uh, if you go to freespeech.org, you can uh, do a $5. You can make it a recurring. You can cancel the recurring at any time, anytime if you find it you know, stressful or you didn't think that you'd be in the situation that you are now in and you need to stop it. It's super easy. You do it right there. Okay, It's, it's real easy to manage. So thank you very much uh, for doing something with $5 today. Uh, everybody at Free Speech TV in Denver, Colorado, which is where they are, thanks you as well. Casey in Magalogo. Hi. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. All right. How you doing? All right. All right. Thank you for bringing this show to a screeching halt. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Randy, it's been a while. <laughs> I, I wanted to. I, I want to pick your brain because I do. I, I look up to you. I've always listened to you since Air America. The only time we bumped heads was over, you know, the uh, primaries with Bernie getting rigged against Bernie, and you didn't agree. But I, what I don't understand with the complete dysfunction of the Republican Party, okay, whether it's getting the you know with the House or the Senate or or getting um, the the um, Speaker of the House, the ninety-one felonies. How is it even remotely? I mean. Close. That, that, I don't. I don't understand. You know, and, and and I feel the only thing that's keeping people to come to vote for the Democrats is an abortion. So obviously, the Democrat. Whether I don't want to hear about messaging and other stuff because there, there, even though Trump is a jerk and a criminal and a traitor, he still did the, one of the biggest things is get him three conservative judges. So I mean, he, he, I, my biggest problem with the Democratic Party is I'm tired of holding my nose. I'm tired of, of the excuses. I mean, why is this election even close? Because it's Biden versus uh, Trump. <laughs> that's why. And, and you well, know, that's the, what I'm trying to say. The, the Democratic thing, Party is not the Democratic Party is not listening to the people. Neither Democrats, is the Republican, Republican Party. And, that's why it's the same uh, on right. their side, too. Nobody's listening to anybody. All that all that everyone that's doing the talking is is doing the talking with their cash. See, when, when Biden can raise $117 million in a quarter and Trump can raise, you know, $100 million in a quarter, that's who's picking. That's who's doing the picking. It's not us. 70% of us. This is the one, you know, Nikki Haley actually nails it on this particular front. I mean, she's got a very uh, difficult road to hoe, if I can say that without being, uh, you know, somehow criticizing her femininity, because I'm not. Uh, but she has a difficult road to hoe, even though she has said 
that she beats Biden by 17 points because people don't, 70% of America doesn't want to go through a, a redo of Biden Trump. We just don't want it. Everybody wants, you know, a, a younger person, a, a generational person. Every, although I believe Biden is an exceptionally good president. I really do. It, the thing that's missing with him is the ability to actually uh, entertain. He's not telegenic. He doesn't entertain us. He's not, uh, you know, I know he has a sense of humor. I know him, but he's, you know, uh, in his late 70s and he isn't, uh, you know, uh, hysterically fun. Uh, Trump is, but he's also, you know, almost 80 years old. No one wants this. The money is is supporting it, but that's it. He cares about this country. Biden cares about, cares about this country. He does. And the Democratic Party cares about this country. Listen to the voters. Why are we Why are we forcing like we did with Hillary? The American people, the people said we don't want Hillary, and they still ran her. Okay, when she couldn't fill, she couldn't fill a town hall, and he and and Bernie was filling stadiums. This is the same thing. The Democratic Party is not listening to the people. Well, that's why I'm not a member of it. <laughs> you know, I mean, why are you confusing me with the party? I the party the party left me a long 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 time ago the party destroyed my career you know that i i I have nothing in common with them anymore uh so now i just go on on you know the best possible person and so they're doing the picking the money in the party is doing the picking on both sides okay the money in the party is picking trump and the money in 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 the democratic party is picking a, a, a biden so, you know, I got to vote for one of them because those are the choices we get every four years, one of two. That's it. Um, I, you know, uh, uh, my friend, I'm just really, I, you know, I'm concerned. I'm scared. And my, to, to even think you should that, be that concerned. He, I mean, it's I'm more concerned. than owning the libs. That's all. It, it's more than owning the libs than what the conservatives want to do. But the, the the fact that they, I mean, want, I mean, they'll have mandatory Bibles in schools. Oh, that's and nothing. I mean, that's nothing. You, you have no idea what they really want. What they really want, they're arguing for at the Supreme Court. What they really want is they want a lawless president with complete and absolute immunity to jail people, to ghettoize people, to kill people, to do extrajudicial uh, executions of people. You know, both, uh, both a lot of the candidates, uh, DeSantis, Donald Trump, they all want to kill people at the border. They all do. You know, and uh, people that are disloyal to Trump, they're insufferable, intolerable. He needs to have retribution. He is their rep- retribution, okay? That's what they want. And the, other thing, and the other thing that's being argued at the Supreme Court that no one wants to pay attention to is uh, this, uh, you know, Chevron Doctrine case. It's not really that, that confusing. The Supreme Court is looking to do a power grab. They're trying to take away uh, the enforcement and the law, the rulemaking from the agencies like the EPA and the FDA and take that power for themselves so that the courts decide. I mean, it's just an, the, the Republican Party's into a massive power grab. This is the Randy Rhodes Show. It to speak is. with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. $5 Friday. Go ahead. Do the $5. All right. So I want to show you something. I want to show you something very simple. Simple. Because the best ex- explanations of anything are the simplest ones. So let me show you what they want, what they want, and how they'll get it. Okay? What they want is all the power to rule over you. 
The court wants the power to make the call about pollution. They See, they don't want to defer the experts anymore. They don't want agencies to uh, be able to use their experts to say uh, too many parts per million of this makes the water undrinkable or unsafe for children or lead or whatever. You know, they don't they want the court to decide those things. How how in the world would that work? First of all, you know, you got a very partisan, very dirty Supreme Court. There's no question about it. You know who the former EPA uh, uh, chairman was? Do you have any idea? It was Gorsuch's mother. Gorsuch's mother. And this case uh, that has to do with the Chevron doctrine was was uh, it was a case that Chevron brought against a um, a clean air group. Okay, a group that uh, you know the 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 defense uh, of climate and Anne Gorsuch, his mother was the head of the EPA. And she was saying that you don't, if you wanted to be a manufacturer and you wanted to pollute, even though the legislation that was passed by Congress, Clean Air, Clean Water Act, actually requires that you get a permit if you're going to increase your pollution, if you're going to increase the amount of pollutants that you're going to release into the atmosphere or into water, you need to go to the EPA and get a permit, right? Chevron didn't want to do it. So they brought this case. And Ann Gorsuch was saying they don't have to do it. They don't have to do it, right? And so this clean air group said, uh, okay, we're going to bring this case because the EPA is not regulating. The EPA is giving a pass to Chevron, right? And so the, the, the result of that was uh, that they have to defer. Chevron has to defer to the agencies. And this was a win for polluters because the agencies was Ann Gorsuch. And she said, okay, you don't have to get a permit to pollute. Go ahead, go pollute. And now this thing is, uh, you know, uh, being challenged yet again. But see, back then when the clean air people uh, challenged it, they they actually, you know, won, but they lost. (laughs) And now you've got this, um, this case is about fisheries, supposedly. So you don't hear anything about fish. You don't hear anybody discussing fish in the fisheries case, right? Um, what they're discussing is whether or not the when Congress makes rules about pollution or about uh, helping the federal government track pollution or and the fisheries have to have an expert on the boat on the these uh, you know uh, large um, corporate fishing boats and those experts are from like um, the EPA or whatever and they are there to monitor pollution. They're there to monitor, you know, um, fishing, make sure that they're not killing off a species or that there's no, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's no, nothing damaging is being done while, as a result of the way they fish. That's not even being discussed here. What's being discussed here is that the fisheries don't want to pay to have this expert on their boat and they're challenging the EPA uh, and their ability to make the rule that says you have to have somebody on the boat. And so they're saying, oh, we're back to the Chevron defense, right? We're back to the Chevron doctrine, right? And what is going on here really is that the experts at the EPA say that the best way to track, you know, uh, whether or not, uh, you know, populations of fish or pollution or, you know, uh, uh, manufacturing is, 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 you know, polluting the, is, is, is to monitor it. And the court is saying, we don't want 
to have any agency decide what's good or what's bad. The court should decide. The court should decide. Why are they saying that? Well, first of all, it gives the power to themselves, which is what they all want, because think about who's buying the court, okay? It's the Koch brothers. It's pollution. It's, it's, it's you know, big business, right? It's, uh, you know, okay. And so the Supreme Court is saying, let's take the power to ourselves. Let's take it away from the, the, the federal agencies. And let's say that, you know, we don't need experts to uh, figure out who's polluting and what pollution is and how to best fight. Let's say that the judges on this court are best suited to say that. And then we could give a pass to anybody that pays us, right? We could just, all right. So that's what they want. To be very clear, what this case is about is power, right? Because Congress is gonna write a law, there are gonna be gaps because Congress is making political deals and also generally incompetent, right? right? So who gets to fill in the gaps? The way it is right now and the way it's been for the past 40 years, Experts get to fill in the gaps. People who know things get to fill in the gaps. Science and math and facts get to fill in the gaps. You can't have that. What the conservatives want is to take that power away from the president, away from the executive agencies, and give it to themselves. Right. So there will still be regulation after this case. It's just that Neil Gorsuch gets to decide how much mercury is, is, is allowed to be in the air. And John Roberts gets to decide how many people can die in a thresher mill accident before we declare it un unsafe. And Brett Kavanaugh gets to decide what banking regulations really should matter. So it's really the biggest, and I've said this before, this case represents the biggest Supreme Court power grab, taking power away from the people and giving it to themselves since 1803, since Marbury v. Madison. So Marbury v. Ma v. Madison, uh, in case you don't know, that Marbury v. v. Madison was uh, an 1803 case that says that the Supreme Court uh, is the arbiter of what is constitutional and what isn't. Prior to 1803, we didn't know who was the the end, you know, what the end game was for deciding what's constitutional. In 1803, Marbury versus Madison, it was James Madison, <clears throat> actually decided that the Supreme Court is the arbiter of what is and what isn't constitutional. So he's saying this is the biggest power grab since then, right? And what, what it is, is Congress does make the rules. Congress makes the law. They make laws about clean air and how many parts per million. They make laws about clean water. They make laws about, uh, you know, uh, uh, shrimping. They make laws about, uh, you know, salmon fishing. They make laws about mercury and lead and paint. All these things, right? All these things. Congress decides what is and what isn't. Um, acceptable in the United States for manufacturers and for producers, okay? And then the agencies, like the EPA, the FDA for drugs, et cetera, on and on it goes, right? Uh, they actually manage the implementation of what Congress passes. Now, sometimes Congress is uh, vague, or sometimes there's an ambiguity in what did they write and, and who enforces it, whatever. And so what the Chevron Doctrine has said is that the agencies themselves, where the experts work, where the experts do their work, is the best place to decide how to implement if there's an ambiguity in what Congress wrote. And this case seeks to take away from the agencies the right to fill in the gap for the ambiguity and give it to the court who has no expertise. Do you really think that Kavanaugh knows jack crap about uh, you know mercury or lead in paint or uh, 
any, anything sciencey, I say no. I say he doesn't know anything about medical malpractice. I say he doesn't know anything about biology. I say he doesn't know anything about lead. I say he does okay? But that's what they're trying to do. Now, that's what they want. How do they get it? They get it by scaring people. They get it by pointing to the border and saying, we're being invaded. It's a national security issue. And the Republicans are on your side. The Republicans will protect you from these marauders, these invaders, these, uh, you know, when obviously that's untrue because there's a deal to be had. There's a deal to be had. And they, the Republicans, want the issue. They don't want the deal, right? And everybody can explain this to you. Recently on CNN, Jake Tapper asked Speaker Johnson, look, President Biden wants to give you more money at the border. Right. Uh, would you take that? And, and Speaker Johnson said, no. No. Again, just revealing and saying out loud what we all know, which is that they don't want to solve this problem. They, they want to use it and exploit it and exploit victims so they have a political narrative. Right. And this is what he's talking about, okay? So the $14 billion, um, there 14 are, you're right, 1,600 asylum officers that would be part of that to speed up processing of asylum claims. That's what you're talking about. Uh, but there also would be 1,300 more uh, Border Patrol agents to work alongside the, the 20,200. Oh uh, and also funding to hire 1,000 Custom and Border prote Protection officers with a focus on counter fentanyl. So it's not all, <laughs> in fact, most of it is not related to uh, 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 processing asylum seekers. A, a lot of it has to do with what you're talking about. Jake, the president should come to the border. It, what, a, what an idea that would be. He should talk to the border patrol agents who are down here. He was at the border. He was. He was at the border. I mean, you know, this is what I'm saying. So they, they just want that. That's how they get what they want. And what they want is really to destroy the administrative state, see? What they really want is to destroy the FDA, the EPA, everything that keeps us safe. Mary had a little man and the We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. I want to ask you about a comment you made earlier this week. You said that America has, quote, never been a racist country, unquote. Protections for the institution of slavery were written into the U.S. Constitution. The White House was built with slave labor. Your home state of South Carolina seceded from the Union, fought a war to defend the enslavement of black people. Uh, I understand you don't think America is a racist country now, but we're here at a college. Do you really think as a, as a historical matter, America has never been a racist country? I mean, think about what you're First of all, I will tell you, when you look at, you know, the Declaration of Independence, it was that you know, men are created equal with unalienable rights, right? That was what we all knew. But what I look at it as is I was a brown girl that grew up in a small rural town. We had plenty of racism that we had to deal with. But my parents never said we lived in a racist country. And I'm so thankful they didn't. Because for every brown and black child out there, if you tell them they live or were born in a racist country, you're immediately telling them they don't have a chance. 
Huh. And my parents would always say, you may have challenges. And yes, there will be people who are racist, but that doesn't define what you can do in this country. And so I think it's important that we tell all kids that look, America is not perfect. We have our stains, we know that. But our goal should always be to make today better than yesterday. It's hugely important. And that's the problem I have is we have too many people with this national self-loathing. It is killing our country. We have got to go back to loving America. We are blessed because that little brown girl in that small rural town in South Carolina, she grew up to become the first female minority governor in history. She then went on to be UN ambassador, and now she's running for president of the United States. I want every brown and black child to see that and say, no, I don't live in a country that was formed on racism. I live <laughs> in a country where they wanted all people to be equal. Uh, you know, she, either she's a sweet little country mouse and she really believes this crap or she doesn't want to alienate, uh, you know, the white supremacists in the base. I don't know why she's, uh, you know, uh, denying our history is a racist history. Even when Jake Tapper, who was a history major, presents her with facts about how the country was born out of the genocide. It then relied almost completely on slave labor for its endowments, right, for its, uh, you know, largesse, for its, uh, you know, economic prowess. And then, uh, you know, even the capital of, uh, of the United States of America was built by slave labor. Uh, when Michelle and Barack Obama moved into the White House, they were like, wow, we, we are living in a house that was built by slaves. And look, we're black people. And, you know, we are the president and the first lady of the United States. Celebrate the, the you know, uh, the victories. But don't deny what you're victorious over. I mean, I, I really honestly do not understand why she keeps doing this. Uh, he gave her another chance, believe it or not. He actually said to her, listen, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a history major, and uh, I just want to make sure, you know. You're talking about the ideals of America. But America was founded institutionally on many racist precepts, including slavery. But when you look, it said all men are created equal. I think the intent. Okay, can I, can I just say, <clears throat> excuse me, the all men are created equal thing is not the Constitution. It's the Declaration of Independence. Uh, it's a nice declaration. It, uh, you know, it said uh, we intend to go to war with England is what it is. But that's not the governing uh, document, okay? The governing document is the United States Constitution, uh, and it doesn't say all men are created equal in it. What it says is that people who are enslaved or people who aren't white landowners are three-fifths of a person, okay? And uh, it went to the Supreme Court, the Dred Scott decision, right? And it said, is that right? Did, did the founding fathers mean that? Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. By Dred, you're three-fifths of a person. Plessy versus uh, uh, Ferguson, separate but equal, okay? We lived like this for hundreds, plural, of years. And, uh, it went to the Supreme The intent was to do the right thing. <laughs> now, did they have to go fix it along the way? Yes, but I don't think the intent was ever that we were going to be a racist country. The intent was everybody was going to be created equally. And as we went through time, they fixed the things that were not all men are created equal. They, they fixed it. I don't know who they are, 
I think they might have been Ida B. Wells, you know, with the Jim Crow uh, stuff. You know, I think they might have been, you know, uh, the Supreme Court in, uh, you know, Brown versus Board of Education, like Thurgood Marshall. Do you know, I don't know who they are that they fixed it. It made sure women became equal too. All of these things happen over time. But I refuse to believe that the premise of when they formed our country was based on the fact that it was a racist country to start with. I refuse to believe that. I have to know (laughs) in my heart and in everybody's heart that we live in the best country in the world and we are a work in progress and we've got a long way to go to fix all of our little kinks. But I truly believe our founding fathers had the best of intentions when they started and we fixed it along the way and we should always look at it that way. They fixed it for you, everybody. They fixed it. So um, there is no such thing as driving while black now. There is no such thing as uh, Black Lives Matter having to be a movement. There's no such thing as, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, listen, I, I misspoke the other day and nobody really called me out on it. And I, I'm going to call myself out on it because it, 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 this is really important, I think, if you're going to judge the content of her uh, verac- veracity uh, and her character when she says this crap, right? So I gave her credit for taking down the Confederate flag in South Carolina. Subsequently, I heard from South Carolinians and South Carolina's uh, legislature, and they reminded me that she did not take down the Confederate flag willingly, uh, that it was the um, Charleston massacre, which we just we just talked about the other day, uh, the Dylan Roof, uh, you know, disgusting thing where he went into the Mother Emanuel Church and killed all of these people who invited him in. And they, he sat and talked with uh, these African-American church going people who invited him in, and he killed them anyway. He massacred them anyway. OK. And after that, the state legislature. Uh, wanted the flag, the Confederate flag, to come down. They they just thought that it, the time had come, and she didn't want to do it. But after they pressured her and after they legislated it, she had to. So she didn't really willingly do. Okay, so she knows better. See, she knows better. Uh, Charles Barkley was actually on CNN. You know, they have the 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 um. What is that show called? King Charles with uh, um, Gail King and Charles Barkley now. So it's King Charles. Uh, but Gail asked Charles, like, what do you think about that? We're not a racist country, Brian. We've never been a racist country. Our goal is to make sure that today is better than yesterday. We asked, oh. we asked people out on the street about that tonight. Uh, we didn't find anyone that could agree with that. Not statement. anybody with common sense. Yeah, we didn't find anyone. Well, you know what? I've been having a hard time trying to decide who I'm going to vote for. Mm-hmm. So Nikki Haley's the leader in the clubhouse because... She was a leader in your clubhouse. Because she's 100% correct. Uh, if, you, if you forget about slavery, uh, Jim Crow, <laughs> segregation, anti-Semitism, <laughs> Asian hate that's been going on in this country, America's been smooth sailing. Yeah. I mean, the only the only legit reaction to what she keeps on saying, and that was last night. The well, the clip that they played for him was the day before. Last night she had a town hall. I guess nobody in this audience watched it. I watched it on the rerun. I watched it from 12 p 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. I watched it. Okay. I did not sleep last night. She bothers me so much. She bothers. She looked great. I'll give her that. But this thing about we were not a racist cut, I, I just, 
man. All things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. All right. Um, here, here is Congress member Barbara Lee, who also heard what I heard last night, uh, where Nikki Haley is uh, talking about, uh, you know, racism. Uh, it's just uh, we just have to fix what did, what did she call it? Are, are, are we have to tweak it or, or something like it's just a little a little flaw. What did she say? You got something like that. Something like that. These are not little kinks. 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 That's it. Just kinks. Little kinks. Okay. So here's Barbara Lee. She's got a few stories to tell you. She's a a congresswoman from uh, California. These are not little kinks, first of all. Racism, institutional racism, is in the DNA of this country. When you look at uh, what has taken place, look at our Native Americans, the genocide of Native Americans. When you look at what has taken place as it relates to African Americans, uh, the 250 years plus of enslaving African Americans, and then you look at the disparities now uh, in our community in terms of health care, unemployment, the wealth gap, housing. You can't tell me that systemic racism does not exist. It's not just a little kink. Secondly, you have personal racism, which is hard to address, but I'll give you one little story that shows you why uh, we need to understand that I don't think she really understands racism. I was walking from the House building on Capitol Hill to the Capitol and a man, a white guy, stopped me and told me I could not get into the member's elevator. And, you know, we have uh, pens, and I was going to vote. And he blocked me from getting into the elevator and told me I was not a member of Congress, and it was for members only. I said, sir, I'm a member of Congress. And he, I showed him my pen, and he said, whose pen did you steal? <gasps> now, this is an example of what personal racism is and how people of color constantly have to deal with this each and every day. But systemic racism is in the policies of this country. And just look at what they're trying to do in terms of eliminating diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're trying to uh, not allow for an equal and level playing field. Uh, And so it's a very dangerous uh, position that she has. Uh, She's clueless. She's clueless. Thanks, Barbara. And, you know, Barbara, Barbara Lee is uh, especially astute. Barbara Lee is uh, the only person who voted no on the Iraq War uh, authorization of uh, force. So, you know, uh, Barbara Lee knows a few things about a few things. Uh, but anyway, obviously, Nikki Haley wants to deny that any policies need to be, uh, you know, addressed in order to end or in order to uh, address systemic racism, which is really, uh, you know, what it is that the... Um, uh, what what is what they uh, the critical race theory CRT critical race theory is a graduate school course designed to show highly educated post bachelor degreed students how to address institutionalized racism in all kinds of fields practical uh, fields like. Um, why is it that we constantly hear that black women are more likely to die in childbirth? Why is that something you can hear and not ask yourself, why is that? What is going on in the medical providers uh, field that is causing black women to have their pain somehow marginalized or uh, they're not being tended to properly uh, when they are in labor. They're le- I mean, what is it? 
What is it? So we know that there's a disparity there. We know there's a disparity with, with uh, you know, children of color getting medical care. We know there's a disparity with women who are giving birth and medical care. We know there's a disparity in policing uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, black and, and, and Latino people. We know driving while black is, is, is an, a thing in this country. It's a dangerous thing. It's a scary thing. It's a thing that ends up a lot of times in the death of the driver who's unarmed. Sometimes... The driver is legally armed and tries to convey that to the police officer and, uh, you know, ends up dead also. Do you know what I'm saying? So we have all of this disparity. We have disparity in housing. We have disparity in loans. We have disparity in opportunity. We have disparity in access. But, uh, you know, racism is just a kink we have to work out. This is the problem with Nikki Haley. This is the problem. And, you know, for the whole week, I've been trying to figure out, is she just uncomfortable talking about race because she's experienced so much racism in her uh, childhood years because she grew up in Bamberg, South Carolina, as the daughter of a Sikh who wears a turban? And is it because, you know, she knows what it really looks like, but she has to set it aside if she wants, wanted to be governor of South Carolina? She had to talk a different game. And now she does, too, because she wants to be a Republican nominee. I'm not sure why she's so uncomfortable, but I think she understands that the crowd that she's talking to doesn't want to hear her stories about her being, uh, you know, uh, discriminated against. I'm sure they're not interested. And they just want to hear the triumph. But what she's leaving out is what did she have to overcome? Why is it a triumph? Why is she so excited to tell you that she is a brown girl who became a minority governor in a southern state? I mean, if there's no racism and there's no challenge to it, why is it an achievement? Why is it something that she feels like victory for conquering? What was it she conquered? That's interesting. That's really interesting. Uh, question I'd love to have someone to ask her if, if racism doesn't exist then what exactly did you overcome Nikki? right what what did you overcome and why is it such a triumph for you I mean you know I don't hear like Sununu uh, you know in New Hampshire where you know what 80 100 percent people are white I mean almost everybody in New Hampshire is white Iowa too you know there's like a four black people sprinkled around Iowa God love you it almost feels like her version of, oh, I have a black friend, so I'm not racist. Well, well she I'm, is I'm, her I'm, own black yeah, friend. Exactly. I'm brown, so I'm not, I can't possibly be racist. I can't possibly be pushing this agenda that my base loves. Can't possibly be. I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, she's very uncomfortable talking about race. That's, that's the best, you know, uh, spin on it that I can find without You're calling being kind. her. Well, I, I don't want to call her anything. I, I don't want to assign, uh, you know, some... Uh, verb to her or adjective to her. I don't want to say that she's a practicing, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't want to do that because, you know, I don't know her. Uh, I don't know enough about her. I just know that she's uncomfortable when I watch her talk about race. And she obviously would be in a, a very good position to talk about all that she overcame in South Carolina. You know, I, I, I don't see, do you remember um, during the debate between Kamala Harris and uh, Joe Biden, right? Uh, you know, Joe Biden uh, didn't believe that school busing was a good thing. He really didn't. He thought that desegregating schools only was going to be a treacherous thing, that people in local communities would grow to resent the kids that were being busted in, and that did happen. 
He wasn't against desegregation. He was just against the idea that schools only should be uh, forcibly desegregated. After a long time where it was, you know, Brown versus Board was in the 50s. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. But Nick, uh, Nikki Haley, but uh, uh, Kamala Harris actually confronted Joe Biden about how she was this little girl that had to get on the bus and that she was, you know, she had to get up much earlier than her fellow classmates did because she was being bussed across town uh, in a forcible desegregation effort, right? And Joe Biden listened to her and they they, they kind of hashed it out and blow. She's his vice president. Do you think that that's going to be the result here too? I don't know. To speak to Randy, call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. All right, everybody, it's uh, $5 Friday, and if you want to feel part of it, uh, all you got to do is do $5 in a donation to Free Speech TV every single month. Okay, it's a recurring donation of $5. Uh, that is $5 Friday's goal. It's to get you, who maybe never, ever, ever supported Free Speech TV with your actual money, uh, to do that uh, and to get you into an entry-level position with $5 recurring each and every month for Free Speech TV's, uh, you know, uh, proper care and feeding. Now, if you already contribute to Free Speech TV and you up your recurring donation buy $5 today, then you also will get a lovely mystery box gift. If you're starting as a supporter with $5, your initial $5 recurring donation, you will get a mystery box. If you are upping your uh, recurring donation by $5 today, you will also get a mystery box in the mail from the happy people at Free Speech TV in Denver, Colorado. You can donate now by calling 1-877-378-8669. That number is on your screen. You can visit online at freespeech.org, freespeech.org. That'll get you there. And if you want to text and get a link to your phone, uh, text the number 44321 and then put in the letters FSTV. So you're going to text FSTV to 44321, and we'll send you back a secure link. You can make your donation that way. Uh, Choose recurring, and uh, you've been part of $5 Friday. And thank you very, very much. All right, Jazz in New Orleans. Yeah, hi, Randy. Hey, Jazz. I am so telling you, this Nikki Haley, she is aggravating me. (laughs) I came to this country in the 60s. I'm Gen X, you know, and and I suspect she's in that generation. Now, she was in South Carolina, and I am much browner than her, (laughs) and I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. Very, very white bread, Madison, Wisconsin. So I'm not following that, oh, she overcame. I'm sorry, she had to have overcome the Klan in South Carolina, being any shade of brown. And you're telling me that you don't know that there's race. There is no such thing as racism anymore. Come on. She's full of bullpucky. It's a kink is what she said. It's just a little kink. We have to work out the racism. Come on. I mean, listen, here's, here's the thing. Here's the the thing. The thing that she's saying that's really upsetting me personally. Okay. Is denying that America was set up on a racist, uh, you know, uh, agreement. 
Uh, and it was. It was born out of a genocide, okay? We have presidents that literally had the Indian removal uh, administration that went in and slaughtered people. And then, uh, you know, we had slavery at the same time that was ongoing. And after the Civil War, we had another 100 years of Jim Crow. Okay, and then uh, in Jim Crow, we, we, we you know, w was born the Klan and lynching. And, uh, you know, all these things and how she can know that. And I know she knows that she's an accountant. OK, so she went to school. She went to school. She knows history. How could she say that she refuses to believe that America was ever, ever a racist country? Well, and for me, when I grew up, I by by about the seventh grade. I was I was watching um, Roots yeah. and finding out, like I already had like somewhat of an inkling. Okay, things are not totally equal in the lovely community I live in, but it wasn't until like I watched Roots that I saw like the origins that I'm like sitting there going, they're not really going into a lot of detail about this in my history classes. Right. And so I got more of a lesson, and I'm sitting there going. As much as I love this country, I have to admit to myself, it was born out of a flawed idea. Yeah, it was. And and the idea was free labor. And that was how they were going to build this country. And that is how exactly. that's how white land owners built this country. They built it on the backs of uh, people that never got paid for their work, that were worked to death, that were hot boxed, that were beaten, that were whipped, that were hunted down, that were, uh, uh, you know, hobbled. I mean, the, the, the brutality is, is something that how could she not know about it? She's from South Carolina, for God's sake. I don't understand it. I really don't. I think, I think these moms of liberty and so on. Oh, if please. we tried to air Roots, the full series, like from when I was a kid, which I felt was very enlightening, not only for kids of my color, but it was very enlightening to the to the white kids I went to school. I with. was fascinated um, with it. Exactly. Yeah. And but those all of these ones that are afraid of their, you know, their snowflake children seeing <laughs> anything. It's like. I don't think they would even allow the series Roots to be aired on television today. Right, Not and, even, I, and they, I got news for you, Jazz, as a white girl, okay, watching Roots, and it was fascinating to me because it was history that was not being taught. You know, my school, the only black history we were taught was George Washington Carver <laughs> and his peanut experiments, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, I remember that. That was it, okay, so, but I didn't feel bad it didn't make me feel bad. It made me feel empowered. The more I knew, the more empowered I was. You know, uh, the, the idea that knowing history empowers you not to have to live through it again and not to have to repeat it is a good thing. I didn't feel... Education should never be treated as some sort of... Emotional thing. Whip and chain. Like, why do you, why do you equate being educated to like being some sort of weapon or right. something that will harm you. I don't know. What but is that? Last work? night she kept saying over and over, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm probably the only one in this entire audience that watched it, but last night she must have said 20 times, we have to get our kids back to learning basics, reading and writing. We have to get our kids back to doing math. I mean, just avoiding and, and saying history is not to be taught. History is not, it has no role to play. The, our kids don't need to learn about diversity. They don't need to learn about inclusion. They don't need to learn about, uh, you know, uh, other cultures. They don't need to know, know anything about anything. They just need to know Wouldn't how to work an abacus. Is 
I mean, really. I'm betting she, has, she wants to get rid of sex education and bring back home ec and typing. <laughs> typing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jazz. Yeah, I, I needed love that. It. I needed that. All right. All right. Be good. Thanks. Good to talk to you, lady. You too. You Thanks. too. Thank you. <laughs> home ec. <laughs> home ec. I failed home ec because I, okay, I, I Listen, if maybe she's maybe she's out there. The the girl that I did this to. This is horrendous. This is disgusting. In Homac, the first thing we learned was we were gonna learn was how to make spaghetti and meat sauce. Okay. So, you know, we chopped the onion, we browned the meat, da, da, da. Now we're making the spaghetti. So we got a big pot of water and we're working in teams, working in teams, because not everybody had their own kitchen or their own burner and their own Bunsen burner or whatever. So I'm working with this girl, Diane Potts, who bullied me. <laughs> And so when we were boiling our water, I put Ajax in it. And I was going to poison her. But, you know, I had a stroke of conscience before we sat down to eat our... Because, you know, then you had the whole thing like, if, if she eats it and she dies, I'm not going to eat it. Of course I'm not going to eat it. I know it's poison. I poisoned it. So, but what if she eats it and then she has to go? And then there's like, a, you know, a whole forensic thing. And then I end up in jail and I'm only like in seventh grade and my life is over. And so I turned myself in. <laughs> this is the randy Rhodes show it to is. speak with randy dial 561-270-3844 that's 561-270-3844 all right so somebody's gonna have to tell me what we do with this i actually think republicans should embrace this you know i'm so sick of republicans trying to shimmy away and shy away from the whole narrative that we're white christian nationalists no that's what the republican party should be we should try to go back to our traditional roots america is a white christian nation and it's okay <laughs> that we want to maintain that nation we want to maintain what the country was founded on let's embrace this let's stop letting the left attack us embrace the attacks they always call us racist okay fine i'm racist call me that it's fine i don't care what these people say about us what do you do with that that's contemporary talk okay on uh, you know the uh, internets it's a, a show, and uh, people are very proud to sit there and say, oh, no, America is a white nationalist country. Uh, America is, is, is a, a white Christian nationalist country, which is, you know, uh, fascism. But uh, we are that, and we should be proud, and we should say that that's what we are and that uh, we don't have any room in our hearts or in our, you know, homes or in our neighborhoods for uh, people that aren't white Christian nationalists. As a white Christian nationalist, I would love to ask her, what does a perfect America look like to her? What do you think? How far, you know, how far will you take those I what ideals? Do you mean? Are we going back to slavery or are we just going to go back to Jim Crow type of type of Well, feel? when Donald Trump talks about mass deportations, that turns her on. I mean, that is, that is the entry level uh, conversation that she's ready to have. I don't think she's thought it through to the end. I don't think she's thought about, you know, what 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 a a, a country that was, you know, that's all white Christian nationalists looks like because I mean who 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 would be left to do her bidding you know what I mean like who would she lord her power over you know so they would start hating each other is basically the sociological truth of what happens there but I, I don't think they thought it through they they just know that the, the the conversation about white people and dictatorship and fascism and deportations and mass deportations and massive deportations and bigger and bigger you know it, it's it's a turn-on for them 
We have one more election where white people can make the decision. See? The white people got to make the right decision, and then Trump's got to get in there and never leave. That, to me, at this point, is a pathway. It's time to shut up, elect Trump one more time, and then stop having elections. We have got to talk about the fundamentals of our worldview and what it would look like to build a society based on our distinct worldview. It looks like a society where women don't have the right to vote. And it looks like a society where boys and girls get married as teenagers and start having kids and they don't use birth control and they don't use contraceptives and they have big families and a high birth rate. And it looks like women wearing veils at church. And it looks like women not being in the workforce. Banning gay marriage is back on the menu. Banning sodomy is back on the menu. Banning contraceptives is back on the menu. And basically, we're having something like Taliban rule in America, in a good way. We're having something like a Catholic Taliban rule in America. You see what I mean? They, 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 they actually will turn on each other is what is what will happen. OK, so when you have a Christian white nationalist philosophy and that that is what America is and it should be again or, you know, without the slavery, of course, because, you know, slavery uh, would start another war. So they're going to have to have somebody in servitude, somebody to look down on. So you're going to have like the evangelicals looking down on the Catholics or vice versa, because Nick Fuentes obviously is a Latino guy and he's Catholic. And so she's talking about white Christian nationalism and he's talking about Catholicism being the reigning uh, religion of the day. They will turn on each other. They will make enemies out of each other. I mean, uh, you'll have Lutherans turning on, uh, you know, Baptists and Baptists turning on, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mormons and, and Catholics turning on all of them. And then, of course, the, the slave becomes the woman. Woman is the N-word of the world. Right? I mean, this is, this is what it actually looks like because there is no such thing as a society that doesn't turn on itself in order to have someone to look down on. It just doesn't happen. And so if they got their wet dream of all white Christians all the time and everybody else, I don't know where I go. I guess I go to a ghetto or I get deported or you go to a camp. I, I honestly, I don't know what they do with us. I'm not, I don't want to know. I'm, I'm not interested to find out like what their end game looks like. Trump is, he's interested in at least painting that picture. He's telling you that he will put people in camps. He's already decided that that is a doable thing and that deportations is something he wants to do in a massive way, right? He's already told you all this, all this stuff. He, he's showing you exactly what is playing around in his head. Now, I don't know what he does with Jared. I don't know what he does with me. I don't know what he does with Brett. Okay, do we go to ghettos? Do we go to camps? What, you know, like what exactly is our destination? Now, this guy here, Nick Fuentes, he wa he's an ass man. He wants to police everybody's butt. He wants teenagers mating. I don't, I'm not comfortable with a lot of what this guy says. Fuentes? Oh, Fuentes has uh, a, has, he's, he's a misogynist who wants to, uh, you know, make women pay for apparently rejecting him. And he wants women indoctrinated into his, you know, uh, he, women are his gimps. You know, and, and we're supposed to, you know, just service him whenever he calls. And starting at unconscionable 
illegal ages. I mean, he's, he's got some really weird fantasies. Uh, Jay in Michigan. Randy. Jay. Nimrata Randhawa Haley, mm-hmm. alias Nikki, mm-hmm. is a self-loathing person. She hides her ancestry. Her father worked at a historically black college. When that comes out, and it will come out, when Trump gets done with her, calling her Nimrata, <laughs> she'll, she'll have herself only to blame. It won't be the racism that the, she should have known. She's an idiot to think that the racism wouldn't catch up with her. Well, you know, let's let's just let's just say this. I don't know how she feels about herself. I honestly don't. So let's. I, I don't want to. You know, like I said, I don't want to put an adjective to her well, just I yet. Will. She's a coward. Uh, she, she's a coward. She's calculating. Barack, she's calculating. No, she's a coward. She's a coward. Barack Barack Hussein Obama didn't have any problem telling us who he was, the origins of his name, yeah, um, what his life was like, who his parents were, right. how his parents were separated, about his mother being white. He didn't hide anything. She hides because she can't get the support of those white racists unless she coons for them, unless she cowers for them, unless she does what she's supposed to do to make herself as pure as white as humanly possible. And so she will sit there and deny 400 years of history because she knows she's not going to get the votes of the blacks anyway, so she's just going to go for it with the racists. And she's a coward. I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree that that's what she's doing. I, I don't. She's a coward. I she's an absolute frightened woman, and she has no place running for president, let alone being the governor of the nest that hatched the treason that was the Civil War. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know. She's I don't a, she's, disagree she's with you. I just. I, I. I. I don't want to say she's pathetic. I don't want to say she's self loathing Oh, I will. I, that's fine. You know, I mean, good. You know, that's great. But as far as as I'm concerned, she's she's making a calculation, and she's yep. wrong. She's she's going to be shown to be wrong, you know. And I, I get emails already from people that one guy he said he was saving this email. Um, he wrote me and he goes, "Do you really think that the good old boys are going to vote for Nimrata?" Okay, they're already using it's true. it. Right. And I said, uh, "You're assuming that she's going to get the you know the nomination." And I wrote LOL, and he wrote me back, I'm saving this email, and I'm saving it too, because she's not going to be the nominee. She's not. Right, but in the meantime, she does a real disservice. Yeah, she does. The conversation she's having with herself is uh, pretty pathetic. It's painful. It's painful to listen to. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, I don't feel for her. I'm just saying she's pathetic to watch. I hear you. you. Know? I, yeah, it's hard to watch me, for me, too. No pity. No pity. She doesn't deserve it. I couldn't sleep after that. You know, like, I had a whole thing. I was doing a show prep for today, blah, blah, blah. And then it, it was, you know, I missed the whole town hall thing. And it's my job. So I thought, all right, I'm just going to stay up and I'll watch it on the replay. So I did. I stayed up and I watched it. They re-aired it at midnight. And, I mean, after it was over, I couldn't sleep. I was like, oh, my God, is this what it really takes to do Because not- you were offended by her. I was. You were offended. I was offended. I was very offended. Yeah. Because yeah. she's a smart woman. And No, she's not. No, she, she is. She's, she's smart. Well, that doesn't mean that she's not smart. You could, you oh, could be she's, both. She's stupid. She's stupid enough to she's not, not be She's not stupid. She's calculating, and she's making the wrong calculation. She's going to she's air. power hungry. She's power hungry. <laughs> okay. 
All right, if you want to call somebody a name, stick to Trump because we all know he is, you know, a con man. We all know he's a fascist. We all know he's an autocrat. We all know he's a dictator, wannabe. But I don't know that much about her. I just know she's making a calculation. (laughs) 